Let's do a show, shall we? 102, a very good Sunday morning to you, New York City. It's Mike Flegelman with you. Fleegs on the fan for the next five hours until 6 a.m. 877-337-6666. That's your number to call, number to text, or you can tweet at me at mflegelman. It's M-F-L-I-E-G-E-L-M-A-N. If you want to get involved with the show, we have Pete Kennedy on the other side of the glass. Kevin Dexter with your updates at the top of every hour. As you just heard, and with you until CBS Sports Radio at 6, Rick Wolf at 7, Moose and Sal coming your way at 9, all leading into Championship Sunday in the NFL, the Conference Championship Games later today, Niners, Eagles, and Bengals Chiefs. And when you look at the landscape of the NFL and this season for all the fun we had with the Jets early on, the Giants early on, and then again later in the season into the postseason, For all the speculation throughout the NFL season, which teams were going to make the playoffs, who were battling out for those final few seeds in each conference, we have ended up here on the morning of the conference championship games with the best four teams remaining. And these are four teams that, had you been ranking them throughout the season, these four teams were always all at or very close to the top of pretty much everybody's list. There was a point where maybe you could have thrown the Bills in there along with the Bengals and Chiefs in the AFC up until Josh Allen suffered his injury in the first Jet game early November. Maybe you wanted to include a team like the Cowboys in the NFC. I did not. The Vikings, I don't think anybody believed in them. But the reality is these were four of the teams we knew throughout the entirety of the season had a very strong chance to be in this spot playing with a berth in the Super Bowl on the line two weeks from now in Arizona. And all four of these teams, as we go into this Sunday, have a great chance of winning the Super Bowl. It's why if you look at the look-ahead lines for any of the four possible Super Bowl matchups, all within a point or two, if you look at the odds for who can win the Super Bowl right now, all pretty close to each other, there's not one runaway favorite, There are just four as close to equal teams as you are ever going to find heading into a championship Sunday. And when I look at these teams and think about how they got here, it's only natural to think, well, okay, how could the New York teams find themselves in a similar spot next year or the year after that and beyond where they are relevant and playing for the ultimate prize on the last weekend of January. And the blueprint is there. The Chiefs, the Bengals, the 49ers, the Eagles, it is pretty well laid out what you have to do, what you have to be, how you build a team in order to compete for a championship in the NFL to try and win a Super Bowl because that is the ultimate goal. It's not making the playoffs Yes, if you're the Jets, breaking the longest drought in the NFL, postseason drought, is a goal. The Giants achieved a goal this year in getting to the postseason. But the ultimate goal is winning the Super Bowl. And how you win the Super Bowl in the NFL, we are now at a point in this era of football, it is well established and clear that there are only two ways to win. One is easy and obvious. Easy in theory, 
harder to do in practice, but one is one we all know. Have an elite superstar, top five, top six quarterback, and that guy can take you places that most other guys in this league just can't dare to dream to do. The Chiefs have that with Patrick Mahomes. The Bengals have that with Joe Burrow. The other way is to have a roster that has a lot of strengths and very few, if any, weaknesses. That's the 49ers and the Eagles. And then what you need on top of that very strong roster without the weaknesses is a quarterback who you are not paying a lot of money. He might not be the best guy out there, but he's cheap, he's efficient, he runs your offense, he makes plays when he needs to, and he gets the ball to your playmakers. That's what the Niners have with Brock Purdy. And, of course, having gone through two other starting quarterbacks this season to get here. Starting with Trey Lance, then Jimmy Garoppolo for most of the season, and now on to Brock Purdy. And it's what the Philadelphia Eagles have in Jalen Hurts. A quarterback who's playing a lot better than those guys with the Niners. And is making an obscenely low amount of money compared to other signal callers in the NFL. And when I tell you later the actual ranking for Jalen Hurts compared to other quarterbacks in this league and how much money he's making this year, it's not all that surprising how the Philadelphia Eagles are where they are. But from a Jets and Giants perspective, how can they get here? How can one year from now we be looking at either one of these teams playing in a conference championship game? For the Jets, it's pretty simple. Get Aaron Rodgers. If the Jets are able to trade for Aaron Rodgers, they're in that upper mix of contenders. That applies to any team that is going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Or the Green Bay Packers if Rodgers decides to stay in Green Bay. When you have a quarterback of that caliber, you're always in contention in some form or another. There could be varying degrees of that. Obviously, you can be better or worse, the coaching, the skilled players. It can all come into play. But when you have a quarterback like that in this league, you always have at least a chance. So that's the easy part for the Jets, is figuring out how to do it. The harder part is making it happen. For the Giants, it's a little bit murkier than that. Because while everybody fell in love with the quarterback this year, or a lot of Giants fans already loved him and defended him for years when the production wasn't there, kind of blindly trusting that it would be there one day. And this year, for the most part, it was there. Daniel Jones is a good NFL quarterback. Daniel Jones is not in the category of a Patrick Mahomes, of a Joe Burrow, And that's not an insult because there are maybe two or three other guys not named Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow in that class of quarterback. I would throw Josh Allen in there when he's healthy. And I've said it in a bunch of my shows the last few weeks since that November game. I don't think Josh Allen was ever 100% healthy after first suffering the elbow injury in November against the Jets. 
So, yes, it was a very disappointing finish for Buffalo. They'll be back next year with a different-looking roster, but they still have that quarterback. Don't let the playoff games against Miami and Cincinnati fool you. Josh Allen is in that rare air of quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, I still believe, is in that grouping of quarterbacks. There are a handful of others. Daniel Jones is at least one or two tiers down from that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a fine accomplishment for a college quarterback to develop and get to that point in the NFL. Daniel Jones put in a lot of great work. He has progressed significantly from the quarterback he was when he came out of the draft in 2019. The problem with Daniel Jones is now, from a Giants perspective, from a team-building perspective, that you now have to pay him. And the reality is, with all of those other quarterbacks in that middle tier, however you break it down, the second one, the third one, if you have more of a separation between quarterbacks 7 through 10 or 12 and you know 13 through 18, or if you kind of put them all together in one group, the reality is, with those guys, you can win with them if, and there's an asterisk, and this is a big asterisk, you can win with them if and only if they are not being paid a significant portion of your salary cap. And where the Giants are now with Daniel Jones, after declining the fifth-year option, and after the year Daniel Jones had in 2022, and the first playoff game against Minnesota, Daniel Jones is about to get paid. We all expect it to be from the Giants. But where the Giants lose their leverage is, if they decide not to pay Daniel Jones, somebody out there, these 31 other teams, at least a handful of whom are desperate for a quarterback, and at least a handful of whom, a lot of this handful is overlapping, the Venn diagram is not a complete circle, but it's pretty close to it. Have no idea how to correctly build a team and would throw an absurd amount of money at a good quarterback because many of them have been rolling out trash the last few years. You could put the New York Jets in that category. But if the goal for the Giants is to ultimately win a Super Bowl, the one thing that Giants fans the front office, and the coaching staff have to all come to terms with. And I wonder if Joe Shane and Brian Dayball already know this. They both seem like really smart guys who understand how to win in the NFL in 2023. But what Giants fans have to realize and accept is now that Daniel Jones is off that rookie contract, the window to win a Super Bowl with him has closed. It's over. It's shut. It's done. It's not happening. Daniel Jones making the amount of money that he's going to make moving forward puts him in the category of Kirk Cousins, of Dak Prescott, of all those guys that you as a Giant fan, look at those other teams and kind of laugh at it and say, 
Oh, they're not winning with that guy. They're not winning with him making that much money. If you pay Daniel Jones 35 or so million dollars a year for the next few years, well, congratulations. You just entered that category. And that's with the roster that is not as good as what the Cowboys have. It's not as good in some areas as what the Vikings have. And yes, you just beat the Vikings in a playoff game. That was because of coaching. You switch the coaches in that game, and it's no contest. Now, that is one area where the Giants will have an advantage on a lot of teams. It only goes so far. Eventually, you will run up against a team like the Giants did last week against Philly that has the players and the coaching. The best teams in the NFL. Look at the four remaining. The Niners, the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. They have the talent, and they have the coaching. You're not going to be able to use a significant advantage in one to make up for the other. Because even if you have a slight advantage in one in the Giants area, it might be coaching. The disparity in the other is too much to overcome. That's what you saw against Philly last week. It wasn't Brian Dable's greatest game. But even if the Giants went in with a perfect game plan, they nailed all the X's and O's, they had the perfect idea of how to execute, how to scheme up a win against the Eagles, you saw the difference of talent on the field. It was only so far that was going to go. Because the Eagles have a good coaching staff too. Nick Sirianni is a goofball. We all like to make fun of him. Maybe the leadership style, the opening press conference, the pizza stuff. He's a weirdo. But he's a good football coach. The Giants are still a team that has to rebuild. That situation has not changed from when Dable and Shane took over a year ago. Yes, they had a magical season. Yes, they gave you a lot of joy in that season, winning nine games and then a tenth in the postseason. And if you're the Giants, if you want, you could go be the Dallas Cowboys. You could give your version of Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones the mega extension and go win 9 to 11, maybe 12 games every single regular season and take hits along the rest of the roster because you're paying the quarterback. You can do that. You're not winning a Super Bowl that way, but you could be a playoff team every year. That depends on what you want. That could depend on what ownership wants. Like I'll tell you a team right now, the Jets would sign for that in a heartbeat because they've been the biggest embarrassment in the league in the last decade. So whereas some Jets fans might want to win a Super Bowl, and I think the Jets head coach wants to win a Super Bowl, the Jets front office right now, especially the owner Woody Johnson, would sign for, you know what? Let me make the playoffs five of the next seven years, even though I don't have a realistic chance at a Super Bowl. The Giants have higher standards than that. The Giants are a franchise that has won multiple championships, that has gotten to the top of the mountain. The Giants are one of the premier franchises in all football. And yes, it had been a dark six or seven years 
from the end of the Tom Coughlin days through McAdoo and Shermer and Judge and the whole Gettleman mistake of an era. They're out of that now. Brian Dable has already proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he can coach in this league. I don't care about some of the stuff that you might want to argue were mistakes against Philly. He got that team to that point, which was a minor miracle. Top 10 coach in the league. And that's bare minimum. He might be higher than that. We'll find out the more years he has running a team. Joe Shane, we're going to find about this offseason. Because Joe Shane went into last offseason with both hands tied behind his back. This offseason, he kind of only has one hand tied behind his back. We'll get to see him make a few more decisions. Maybe flex a little more creativity. But the one thing I know on the Giants is this. Yes, you can think you are close because you were in the divisional round. But you're not, in all reality, that close to winning a Super Bowl. The gap that you saw between the Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles last Saturday night at the link was much more representative of the reality than the few games behind them in the standings or the few games behind the Cowboys in the standings. There is so much ground for the Giants to cover before they're a legitimate contender. And that's okay. Joe Shane and Brian Dayball still haven't been able to do what they want to do with a bad roster they took over that was in cap hell, that had a lot of underperforming players, And they got a lot out of pretty much all of them. The reality is, though, with some of them, there's not much more to squeeze out. What you got from Saquon Barkley this year, that's it. That's the most you can get from Saquon Barkley. And I think we can now definitively say, for all the people who were foolish enough to like that pick at any point in the last almost five years now, the pick is now a failure because Saquon Barkley is off the rookie contract and you did not win anything with him. I know Giants fans think there's more of a ceiling with Daniel Jones. There is not. It's not about just getting a wide receiver. It's not about adding weapons. You have a good quarterback. You have a quarterback who can take you to the postseason Every single year or most years. You do not have a quarterback you can win a Super Bowl with. You give Daniel Jones 35 to $40 million this offseason. Then congratulations, New York Giants fans. You are now the second coming of the current era of the Dallas Cowboys. 877-337-6666. We'll get into the Giants and the Jets, what they both have to do this offseason in order to try and get back, if not next year, then one day to playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Giants fans actually remember what that's like. Jets fans, maybe not as easy to go back in the memory bank and recall what that's like. It's possible. There's a path out there. It just might not be the one Giants fans have in mind. We'll preview the two games, the NFC game, the AFC game, give you picks for them later on, mine and Pete's. We'll talk about the Knicks and the Nets. Those two teams played on Saturday night. I don't even know if you can call it a rivalry because the Nets own the Knicks, especially in Brooklyn. 
But we will talk about the two teams. I mean, you want to talk about an organization that is as far away from a championship as you can be. Ladies and gentlemen, head on down to Madison Square Garden and check out the New York Knicks. Maybe hit on the baseball as well. Jeff McNeil, his extension, an article on the Yankees in the New York Post that I couldn't disagree with more. We'll get into all of it as the show goes on. I'm here until 6. It's Fleegs on the Fan.